Welcome to Moments with Marianne. I'm so delighted we're spending this time here today. We have a very inspiring show coming right up with special guest, Kate Ekman. And she's here today to share with us her new book, The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. So I know many of you have heard of Kate. She's not only an author, she's a Columbia University Certified Executive Leadership Coach. She leverages her experience as a well-known communications, performance, and mindfulness expert, accomplished entrepreneur, and an elite athlete to equip leaders with the tools, methodology, and the energetic boost they need to excel. Kate's work is rooted in neuroscience, positive psychology, and whole-person coaching techniques. Passionate about mindfulness practices for both brain and body health, Kate is a meditation teacher and course creator for the Insight Timer, the world's number one ranking free meditation app. So let's welcome to the show, Kate Ekman. Thank you so much for having me. It's my joy to be here. Oh my goodness. I just love your book. And I have to ask you, like, what inspired you to write this? Well, I was an athlete for 17 years. I was a competitive swimmer and I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And as I went about my life, like many of us, I experienced the stress and anxiety, fear, depression, judgment, comparison, all the emotional gravity that weighs us down. And certainly in the world this past year, it's been an added stress and and challenge for all of us, not just to to survive, but, but to thrive, we all deserve to thrive. And so I knew there had to be a way to train my attitudinal muscles, my mental, emotional, spiritual muscles, and really get fit and toned, confident, resilient, and optimistic from the inside. And, and that's the unshakable, unbreakable confidence, not the performance confidence that we can all show up with for 10 minutes here and there, or pretend to have it all together. I really wanted to be so fit on the inside that I could weather any storm. Well, that's what really matters in the long run. I mean, physical you know, health is also a big deal. So, you know, when we talk about the full spirit workout is a little bit of both, or are we just like working on the inside? What is that all about? Sure. So I've combined whole person coaching techniques that I learned while getting my degree at Columbia and neuroscience and positive psychology journaling exercises, meditations. I do the Coach Kate check-ins where I ask really heartfelt but gritty questions and the questions that I ask my clients that have brought about a lot of change and transformation and have gotten them from where they are to where they truly want to be and, and, and ending with the affirmation. So this is really building strong mental, emotional, spiritual muscles. So our physical muscles help us navigate our external world. These muscles navigate not just our internal world, but also our external world. So this is about becoming the men and women who can achieve our cherished goals rather than striving to make this happen or trying to force or control anything. We're becoming the people who naturally attract the relationships the opportunities, the experiences. And so life just feels a lot more in flow. We feel more comfortable within our body. My whole step two is about the healthy body image and and, and really cultivating the inner characteristics rather 
than obsessing about what we look like and our bodies having to be a certain way. So I really did develop this inner program that has all of the external results and benefits. That is so important. My goodness. And what a great place to come from being this empowered person. And one of the things that you share in your book, you talk about, you know, in good intentions are just not enough. Why is that? Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's a spiritual principle that says good intentions are not enough. Our willingness is everything. And what that means is we can have all the best intentions of the world. Like, oh, I intend for love and peace. I intend to get along with this person or do this or do that. And and that's great. But really it's our willingness to show up. And, And that's what the full spirit is. It's showing up like you mean it with your authentic truth and power, with your passion, with your purpose, with your presence, like you mean it, like you really want to be here. And and so many people say, you know, I'm not achieving my goals or I'm not attracting this, or I don't have the abundance. I'm not able to manifest that. And I, when I ask them, I see that they're, they're not really showing up like they mean it, or they, they, they put in the work maybe every other week and then they wonder why it's not here. So this is the consistent practice. Once you start doing it, you, you do feel better, but I mean, even this morning and full transparency, I got a really upsetting text message and, and I thought, Wow. And, and I responded, I, I showed up and was very present and uh, uh, showed up with my authentic truth and responded in that way. But I think we all get, go about our days. We get the upsetting text or email, or someone cuts us off in traffic or someone we think really loves us, disappoints us in some way. We lose our job. We lose a loved one. I mean, so much comes up throughout the day. And that's really a place that I've gotten of acceptance is that there's always going to be all that external stuff trying to, to drag us down in some way, even unintentionally. So we do have to really do the work on the inside. And so for me with this text, I said, you know what, right now I'm upset. I'm disappointed, but I'm willing not to be, I'm willing to feel peace instead of this. I'm willing to forgive myself for upsetting this person. I'm willing to forgive this person for upsetting me. And I use this as an example because I think there's this notion with people in the public, whether they're an author or TV presenter or whomever it is that when they show up as their polished package, that they don't have any problems or they've got it all figured out. And I really want to call BS on that because everyone is struggling. Everyone doesn't have it together in some way, or you may have it fully together and and something happens and you get triggered and you get taken out. So to have that grace and compassion for yourself to work these practices and exercises. and, And that's why this book, this is a forever companion that you can turn to again and again and really build that inner musculature so that you aren't thrown off course as much. And when you are, you come back home to center quite quickly. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And and that's what you mean by spiritual fitness, right? Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is being the person who is polished and put together that you present to the world, but it's also owning and loving and embracing that messy person behind the scenes, just trying to keep it all together. That's all of us. And he or she is, is good enough too. And the spiritual fitness is, yeah, it is that willingness to show up at your spiritual gym, which is yourself and spending that, that quiet time alone with your thoughts to process and reflect and check in with yourself like you would a small child and, and say, how are you doing? What, what do you need right now? Or I'm, I'm so proud of you. You handled that difficult task with, with grace and, and you showed up, you weren't perfect, no such thing, 
but you showed up. And that again, goes back to our willingness just to, to, I call it dare to not be great yet or, or ever. That's me in dance class, never going to be a great in dance class, but the fact that I'm willing to go and show up and have fun is, is confidence boosting. And, and I write about that in the book. And I think this is the, the era of letting ourselves off the hook and to just be a person as my speaking coach, Eduardo says, just, just be a freaking person. You know, this whole thing of, especially as women, we got to always look perfect and sound perfect and act perfect and be perfect. It's disingenuous. Just show up as you and, and be brave enough to, to do that. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to do that, but more people are embracing that now more than ever. And I love in your book, how you talk about, you go newsflash, not everyone is going to like you. And that's a big thing for some people. <laughs> oh, girl. Amen. You know, I've had to really learn that being a being in the TV, working as a TV news anchor and reporter, presenter, model, author, all the things. And, and especially when you put yourself out there in a public way, yeah, you're going to get some criticism. Yeah, you're going to get some people who are going to say things. I've been fortunate. I haven't gotten a, a lot. I, I speak openly about being publicly body shamed while working as a size 12 swimsuit model and the lessons I gained from that and what I wanted to share with, with other women who aren't putting themselves out there like that. And because I'm okay with it. I choose to do that. But what about all the men and women and young boys and girls who don't choose to do that and hear bodies being criticized in that way? So that's what I'm speaking out against because I'm grown and I choose to put myself out there. So I I, I have to handle it and I, I do handle it. Um, sometimes beautifully, other times not as beautifully. That's part of the human experience. But I think the more that we can the more time we can spend liking ourselves, the more we will automatically attract people who like and love us. That's how it works. And if someone doesn't like you, oh, well, and it really says everything about where they are in relationship to themselves anyway, rather than what it says about you. And, and to send that person compassion because perhaps they don't like themselves and you trigger them or also taking that awareness. Maybe you're behaving in a way that, that isn't your best self or that is upsetting to others. And so I think it's good that we also look at ways we can, we can clean up our, our thoughts and behaviors as well too. Well, I love how in the book, you've got all these great affirmations. What was the intention when you put that in the book? I really wanted to just end each step with, I don't want to say with a bang because it, it's it's more like a calm bang, a more just soothing way to ground the work and the theme of that step into your body and to just you know if if you weren't quite there, here are the words. So what was all this about, and and what what do you want to what do I want you to walk away with and take from this, and to ground those words into your subconscious so that you start living your life from that empowered place rather than the place of fear or lack, or I'm not good enough, or some lie, you know, core belief that you've picked up along the way, usually in childhood that underneath says, I'm not good enough, but to, to remind you of the truth and, and to have that perspective to really hold onto and return to again and again. So I know that you've been doing the work that you've been doing for quite some time. What is your biggest beauty secret? Mm, it's to value myself for something other than what I look like. And I had this woman the other day say to me in a live TV interview, well, you know, 
and it, it wasn't her. She said, well, I, I bet I have people watching who would say, well, you're so beautiful. You get whatever you want. And I just laughed because first of all, no one gets everything they want. And the notion that if just because of what you look like, which is based on mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, and thank you for complimenting my, my heritage and my ancestral gene pool and my parents' physical production. Um, thank you. I'll let them know you approve, but you know, in all seriousness, our, our inner success is, is not directly related to our outer success because I've looked the part and got all the physical compliments, but just felt so insecure and, and lacking in self-worth and was filled with anxiety on the inside. And it's because one isn't translated to the other. Sure. You know, I keep up with my looks because it makes me feel good. I like to have nice skin and hair and, and teeth. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't bring you success in terms of how you feel. And, and that's the notion that research even indicates. And science says that all those shiny objects and things we think are going to bring us happiness and improve our well-being, like good looks, like the house, the car, the money, the status, those things don't really move the needle. What moves the needle are acts of kindness and service, time affluence, social connection, sleep, exercise, things we all pretty much know, but we dismiss because we're convinced by societal standards that we need all the shiny objects. So when I do get caught up in that, or when I do find that certain people are just focusing on what I look like and judging me in whatever way, I go back to cultivating those inner characteristics like kindness, like compassion for myself and for others. And I also laugh too when people are like, oh, it must be nice. You're so beautiful. You get this. And, and what I don't say, but think is, well, you know, according to society, I'm, I'm kind of beautiful because I'm not a size zero and, you know, I'm not 22 and, and all of those things there's ageism there's, you know, fat shaming, there's skinny shaming. So few, if any of us get a pass when it comes to quote unquote, looking the part to appease all of society. Does that make sense? Yes. And you know, it's interesting because when people base things on looks, they really kind of miss the whole picture. While looks are, you know, somewhat important to us personally, you know, it's like we care about how we look and present ourselves to the world. It's not really what matters most. And you talked about people who, you know, it's not the car, not the house. And it's interesting when people do reach certain levels of success and they've based it on money, car, house, you know, perfect life on the outside, they are miserable on the inside. Yeah. And it's a lot of times because they, they've fallen asleep to the truth of who they are and what really matters. And look, I like nice things as much as anyone else. I'm not going to pretend I don't. Would I much rather spend the night at the Ritz Carlton than out in the bush in Africa where I lived? You know, I talk about that in the book a hundred percent. Absolutely. But that also is, it's again, it's not what ultimately makes our well being improve. And so do the both together. Certainly, if you want to stay at the, the nice, luxurious places, absolutely. But also make sure that you're doing the inner work so that your insides are matching the outside, so that your lifestyle is sustainable and that your life has meaning. I think that's what I'm working with a lot of my clients on. I work with a lot of high performers and achievers and they've reached the material success and, and what everyone considers to be a success in our society. But 
their lives are, are lacking in fulfillment and meaning. And they think, is this as good as it gets? And what kind of legacy do I want to create for my family and for my name? And so those are the things that people are thinking about because you get to the point where it's like, what do I need another Ferrari? I need another, make another $10 million deal this week. It starts to feel meaningless. And that also speaks to research that says after a while, whether we realize it or not, we get used to stuff. So Two years ago, where you were thrilled with a hundred thousand dollar salary, now you need two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to even feel good enough or to be to be happy. Or okay, I've got this relationship with with this person, they're okay, and then it's like, well, I want even more. And and we do this all the time to ourselves, and it's it's so unhealthy, and it's it's good to be aware of it. And that's why I wrote it about it in the book and really shed light on it because so many things that make us unhappy, we don't even realize how we contribute to it. Yeah, it's funny. You hear about people waking up one morning and go, you know, I'm completely miserable in my life. And it would appear on the outside that they have everything. Yeah. And, and I, I think that this is another reason I wanted to write this book because I lost not one, but two dear friends to suicide in one year. And it completely transforms my life and the way that I looked at myself and others. And these two men were like a lot of people in the media that commit suicide, the Kate Spades, the Anthony Bordeaux, think of so many, Robin Williams, so many of our beloved celebrities and people that we admire and look up to choose to end their lives. And it's because none of that stuff ultimately fills us up. And yes, there's mental health at play, but my two friends were cream of the crop. They had, they literally had it all. And so it scared me. I thought, gosh, is part of me was scared. I was going to end up like that. Not that I've ever been suicidal, but like them and, and like all of us, quite frankly, placed all my worth in the external world with how much money I was making, what jobs I was booking, what I looked like, were people approving of me, were people impressed by me, all the social media, you know, spiral that we all go down. So it it really got me conscious towards what really matters and to create a program that would help all of us. So just like we have to physically exercise to stay fit and healthy, this isn't about looking hot in a bikini. This is about optimal health and, and being able to move about the world in a a strong way. And same with this inner musculature. And I'm really passionate about it because I think we are sadly in crisis where a lot of us have fallen asleep to the truth of who we are. We've forgotten how powerful we are and what we're here to do and to, to really share our gifts and our strengths rather than wallow in where we're lacking or what we don't have. Yeah. I think the pandemic has really put that out like front and center for a lot of people where they're kind of maybe stuck in that place of wallow. I mean, when you are working with people, what is like the number one thing that you see that kind of holds them back? I think a lot of people are lacking in confidence and it kind of sounds uh, maybe foreign when you think, well, I thought you worked with professional athletes and high achievers and people who are successful. And I, and I do, and you may be really confident at your job and the task at hand, for example, but you aren't confident when it comes to having a difficult conversation with your spouse, your boss, your coworker, or you don't know how to, um, empower your team. You, you want to get them more involved, but you don't know how. So a lot of people struggle with confident communication. And I think it's because, and I've experienced this firsthand, I experienced it today. 
a lot of people don't like it when we share our truth and express our feelings because they make it about them. They take it personally. They don't respect boundaries, especially our boundaries. They they make it about them. And I think as long as you're speaking your truth kindly, then that's what needs to happen. We all need to be as authentically as we can and, and be who we are. And it's scary for a lot of people and they lack the confidence to do so because of the pushback that they've gotten from people who, who aren't comfortable in that space. It's like, wait, aren't we all just supposed to be pretending and stuffing our feelings and, and just playing this game. And I'm just like, no, we're not. And so, you know, it might not be the popular opinion, but I I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to buy into the shame. I'm not going to live my life inauthentically to appease or please someone else. I think as long as you're in integrity with, with being truthful, kindly, then that's the place you want to be. And the, and the people who don't like that, whether it's friends, family, coworkers, let them fall away with love and, and compassion because you will find the people who, who love your truth and love that you are raw and vulnerable and will embrace and support that. You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I am all behind you on that. My goodness. And, you know, I love your book because it also asks really hard questions for people and it has them thinking. And it's important. These are questions that like shape our lives when we talk about like, you know, what our core values are when it comes to relationships. A lot of times people don't even know what that is. Oh man. Yeah. Our, our culture is all about finding that quote unquote special person and putting everything on that person. And I I've been on both ends of that and neither feel good. It feels disempowering. It feels desperate. It feels stressful. And instead of spending all this time and, and whether you're, you're, you're single or married, wherever you are in your relationship, there's plenty of people married who are, are behaving that way. And that's why so many marriages fail quite frankly, but rather than having this laundry list of traits that we want in another partner and constantly questioning, well, is this person really good enough for me? Are they giving me everything I need? What are, what is in it for me? I think our time and attention can be better spent thinking about who we want to be in the relationship. And if our dream partner showed up tomorrow, would they want us? Are, are we everything? Are we embodying, embodying all the characteristics on that list? And really shifting your, your focus inward toward the gifts that you can offer other people, whether it's your forgiveness, your kindness, your compassion, all of these things, it, it sounds again counterintuitive because it's a co- complete 180 from the thinking of the world. But this is where where true love uh, can actually exist and expand and grow because you're not just putting it all on the other person. You're taking full responsibility for your life. And the best part about that is that then you can change rather than waiting or hoping or wishing or expecting someone to be someone they may never be or don't want to be. And and just being realistic about it and and letting people be who they are and whether you choose to stay in relationship with them is on you. Maybe the healthy thing to do is to leave. I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. I don't know your situation, but these, when you start asking yourselves these questions and going through these exercises, you will get a lot more clear. It may be painful. It probably will be uncomfortable. And that's a good thing because that's where you expand and grow and become the person who actually can live the life that you say you want to live. Well, that's also giving a lot of power over to somebody expecting them to fulfill us and 
be our, you know, be the reason we're happy. And, you know, there's so much that we put on people if we're doing that. And, you know, all that can be found within ourselves. And I love how your book explains that. Thank you. I, I, you know, I, as Courtney Carver, the, the woman, the author who I love, who wrote the foreword to my book, she said, you know, Kate meets you where you are. And the reason she knows where you are is because she's been there. And you know what? I have been there. And I think that's why I don't take it personally. I don't get offended. I don't take on any of that when people give me the whole quote unquote, someone like you or must be nice or, well, you're beautiful read my book. You know, I, I have been through a lot. I know a lot of people have been through a lot and we're often not seen or heard or acknowledged for that. And so it's a great time to see and hear and acknowledge yourself and invite in the people that are also willing to see you and meet you where you are and, and to share your truth and your story. But yeah, I've been around the block. I feel like a cat with nine lives. So I do have a lot to, to speak to. And I have put in the work. I, I still put in the work every day. I have to. Emotional gravity is not going anywhere. All of the nonsense and chaos and uncertainty, I'm sorry to, to be the one to tell you, it's not going anywhere. So I know I have to do the work. And that's why I, I spend the time, I call it my sit and stare time and spend at least five minutes. It's usually more like an hour a day in my sit and stare time where I process and reflect and just stare out the window or straight ahead. And I can hear and feel people saying, well, must be nice. I don't have time to do that. And what I say and what I said to myself for a long time now is I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to say things that I'm going to regret to the people that I love and possibly damage the relationship forever. I don't have time to be miserable. I don't have time to be in a place of exhaustion and overwhelm because I have gifts to share. It's, it's my, my duty. We all have life assignments and it's, it really is our, our duty and our birthright to, to share it with the world and to uplift the world and empower the world. And we all have this. Everyone's, everyone is, is given the call. Not everyone answers. I'm just answering the call. I'm not saying it's easy. There's a lot of days that I wish I didn't get some of these life assignments. It's hard. It's hard to talk about suicide. It's hard to talk about your darkest moments in public to the world. I'm not sitting here talking about like, I'm so cool. Look at me. I'm talking about my failures and my, the times that I was at the pharmacy contemplating taking a bottle of antidepressants because I was in so much pain following the deaths of my loved ones. You know, I, I just think it's good that we're all real and we start talking about these things and releasing the shame, releasing the the need and desire to look cool or be cool. You know what look and looks cool and is cool is is being honest. That's what's really sexy to me. Yeah, and, and personal, just personal strength. You know, when someone's very confident within themselves, that's that's something that a lot of people gravitate to. You know, and I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, losing someone to suicide is just heartbreaking. And it really leaves a legacy behind where people have to look at things a little bit different. And I think in your book, you really provide a way for people to kind of build a better life for themselves so that that's probably not even on their mental radar. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, and, and that's because I, I didn't think I need, I don't think I needed to lose Sam and Roth and, and all of those who have been deeply affected by suicide. I think if we could have 
gotten to people sooner. I, that's why I want to, I'm going to start teaching and, and talking to younger kids, the high school kids, more college kids, and <clears throat> excuse me, just the amount of stress and pressure that they're under. And we aren't given those tools. I mean, I'm all for math and science and all of the things, but this is the book I wish I would have read when I was a teenager. And, and that's why I want to get it out to that age group more too. And we, we all need it. You know, I have relatives that are 80 years old reading this book and are thinking, oh my gosh, this, thank you. This was so helpful for me. So it is, it is a tool that we can return to because that's what our society does. It, it just breaks us down, bombarding us with messages about how we don't quite add up, but doesn't give us the tools and the exercises and the practical strategies for dealing with any of it or combating that or, or coming up with a whole new way of living. So yes, I'd like to get to people before they are in a, a crisis situation and start building this inner musculature from a young age and putting more emphasis on building mental and emotional muscles. Some people are like, what does that even mean? People are like, what is a full spirit workout? What is spiritual fitness? And it's not like, oh, I came up with some clever marketing title. It's just that people aren't, it's kind of a foreign concept. What do you mean spend time working on myself? People think that's again, the external and about just attracting things and you will attract results. But I think a lot of people are uncomfortable even talking about this, which is, which is why I'm, I'm here, right? I I'm just, I'm trying to get this to be not such a uncomfortable thing to talk about. And that this is, as prevalent as going to the gym, which everybody knows you have to exercise physically to be healthy. Yeah, it's a life skill that many people have not been taught. So, I mean, if we look at our parents and grandparents, if they haven't been taught this, how can they teach their children and so on, you know? Yeah. And then I think we just kind of pass our our stuff around from generation to generation. And, and for me, I just I, I just couldn't live this way anymore. I was on the hamster wheel, frantic and sweating to death. And this, this wasn't a, just about me, right? This, this book is so much bigger than me because I was looking around at the world and I was doing really well compared to the most people I saw. And so I'm like, gosh, if I'm struggling, I don't even want to think about how much others are struggling. So that's why this, this came about. And I know not everyone can afford executive coaching or to hire any sort of coach or therapist. And so just giving people so many resources and one book and one place where they can work the system again and again and again, and just start to feel better, you know, day by day, week by week, step by step and, and to have fun with it. I mean, fun is in the subtitle. I consider myself a fun person. And I know for myself, if it feels daunting and boring, I'm not going to do it. So this is that, that exercise class at the gym that you actually want to show up for and do. Cause you're like, it's so fun. I don't even feel like I'm working out, but I just feel so much uh, healthier. And that's what we're doing here. <laughs> you know, um, when we look back at all the years that you were a competitive swimmer, did that help shape this book? A hundred percent that, I mean, first of all, just the, the dedication and the discipline that it took, gosh, that it took to be a swimmer for so long. Oh my goodness. What, what a brutal sport. No, nobody under like who wants to dive into a cold pool at four 30 in the morning, go to school all day, swim again for two and a half hours, just everything that goes in. You have to be a little insane. (laughs) <laughs> a swimmer, first of all, but yeah, just I, but the life skills that that sport gave me just translated into, to this whole book. And it just, it really showed me. And even there's people that think, well, I'm fine or I'm confident or I, I'm pretty cool. And I use the example of Tom Brady, who 
We were both Big Ten athletes at the same time. We're the same age. He's still winning Super Bowls, and my knees hurt when I go to Pilates. And and I I laugh about that because there's this notion that once you get to a certain place, you don't need quote unquote help. But Tom Brady works harder than anyone, not because he's the worst, but because he's the best. And he has more coaches than anyone, again, because he's the best. So I think we need to start asking for more support. We need to start exercising our, our, our inner muscles more and knowing that it's because we're great that we're doing this, not because we're lacking in any way. It's because we have so much love and respect for ourselves. My goodness, Kate. I mean, we could talk for hours. I was just so impressed with your book, you know, the full spirit workout. Where can our listeners connect with you and be part of your community and learn about your work and reach out to you? Oh, I would love to connect. I'm at kateekman.tv and Ekman is E-C-K-M-A-N, or you can go to the fullspiritworkout.com if that's easier for you. But I'd love to connect with you on social or online and just our community is so supportive and it really is about having a spiritual running buddy and accountability partner and, and just have some fun with this because when it's fun, we want to continue. And once you start seeing results, which can happen almost immediately, you'll want to come back to these practices again and again. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a beautiful day. Well, thank you, Kate. It has been such an honor to spend this time with you and to talk about your new book, The Full Spirit Workout. The Full Spirit Workout is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all indie retailers. And if you don't see it on the shelf, ask for them to order it. And of course, you can download it today on Kindle. Again, if you'd like to connect with Kate, you can at kateekman.tv for more information. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count. In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in her own work. And while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Marianne airs every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmarianne.com for more information.